Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I'm Megan Robinson, joined once again by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Quiet week for college football, not much happening. Some of the news and notes that we've missed. Jason Taylor was named second team Walter Camp All-American. He is the fourth OSU safety under Coach Gundy to earn those All-American honors. Markel Martin, Trey Flowers, Colby Harvell-Peel, and Jason Taylor II are the other four. And Caleb Williams won the Heisman, to the surprise of probably nobody. Guys, how do you feel about Jason Taylor getting some, some recognition for those DBs? 2-5 live, baby. Hey, I was number 25. JT2 is number 25. You know, you got to rep the number. Thank you, Jason, for holding it down so well. But look who Jason Taylor has learned from ever since he got to Stillwater. Kobe Harvell Peel, Trey Sterling, Tanner McAllister, who was balling at Ohio State, by the way. And going into the season, I remember watching an interview of Kendall Daniels, in which he gave JT2 a whole bunch of compliments on his leadership, saying that he had become a lot more vocal and he would even coach him up whenever he would get to the sideline because Jason used to play Kendall's position. And, and you saw how Kendall became Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. So I said in the episode last week that I didn't think that there's anybody that uses the safety position better than Oklahoma State. And this All-American nod just further proves that. But this guy in particular, he always made plays whenever his number was called. Even become, before he was a full-time starter, I think back to the onside kickoff return for a touchdown against Texas Tech a few years ago. I think that same year, he also had a fumble recovery for a touchdown against Kansas State. So I can't wait to watch him ball out at the next level. Jason Taylor, the second, two five. Congratulations, big dog. I love it. You know, Eve, the play that always sticks out to me is that interception that he had against Texas last year. And it was just like such a big time moment. And I kept, I just remember thinking, like, this guy is the next big game James, but I'm going to call him big game Jason. Dang. And like, he's lived up no, no, to you it. Dude. You got to like, explain what big. You need to explain what Big Game James is for those who don't know. Everybody knows about Big Game James. He's been following Oklahoma State at all, right? I mean, 2011 especially, but number 22 on defense. The guy was just, he was there doing his job. And it just seemed like 
always at the right time, the right right place, right time. Dude would come up with a huge play to seal a game-winning, you know, whatever. If it's interception, fumble recovery, <laughs> a tackle, like stopping somebody on fourth down or wherever the case is. Dude was just everywhere, right where he needed to be. It's like, big game James is about to make his play right here. And you know what? That's what's happened to Jason Taylor. So, you know, we've got the evolution of big game Jays kind of going through the program right now. Ooh, big game Jays. I had a boss that we that was called Big Game James, but he was just a big guy. I don't think it had anything to do with like, you know, football plays. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I mean, seemingly, right, every single moment, like from the time like before he ever even got that 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 spotlight as a full-time starter, whenever Trey went down a, a season ago when he came in and filled in and you saw his immediate impact in the Tulsa game and then in the Texas game, you're just like, man, I really root for this guy. And I remember just seeing his name, Jason Taylor II. I know, and there's right? a Jason Taylor in the Hall of Fame right, who always scored defensive touchdowns. And it seemed like every time this guy got the hand on his, his hands on the football, he always scored a defensive or a special teams touchdown. So I don't know what it is about those JTs, but very, very reminiscent of the Hall of Famer Jason Taylor, too. And, you know, Meg, you mentioned, uh, you know, Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. And he, it's similar, has kind of won me over, I guess. And it helps that he's not playing for OU anymore. Yeah. But, guys, what the heck was he wearing? <laughs> Like, it did was he get Adidas paid? Gucci suit? Did he get paid to wear that? Like, was what Gucci Adidas collaboration is that what was going on there? I was confused because isn't USC, a, yeah, Nike team, Nike school? Yeah, I was like, they're Nike, yeah. right? Well, like, that, that doesn't really matter because he's an independent person, right? So he is a walking man. Tell that to Nike executives right. that that doesn't really matter, <laughs> right? But of course. they were mad, they were mad at Des Bryant for spatting up his football cleats whenever he was on the cover of SI whenever he's diving in the end zone against Georgia and they're like why aren't these Nike swooshes showing it, it didn't matter that it was on his jersey on his wristband armbands on his pants you could see it literally everywhere except for the cleats and they made it such a huge deal about it it's like give me a break the company is going to be mad of course but I don't know if y'all know but Caleb Williams is a walking NIL deal well like, yeah right now Everything he does, yo, is is at least worth $5 million. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Okay, well, he should get negative $500 million because of that freaking ugly suit, bro. That was terrible. And if he got that paid to wear that, I mean, that would that be the only thing that makes sense to me. He was saying he was into fashion, but, like, I'm never going to take any fashion advice from him. Like, that was terrible. Like, come on, man. And Let him be he, he already doesn't have he already doesn't have any fashion because, like, He's been to two of the schools that have probably the some of the most basic uniforms in the country and OU and USC. So I don't trust this guy. I think that Nike should have just stepped up and said, hey, we're going to sponsor you. But I don't uh, do, do Gucci and Adidas have some sort of partnership. I don't I know. I do now. I, I don't <laughs> understand. So, Justin, you're the uniform guy. Who was the best dressed at the Heisman? Hmm. Now I'm having a hard time remembering because of how ugly that was. I guess that's that's the point of. I kind of like C.J. Stroud's. Like I know it was red, but yeah. like it looked sharp. I don't know. There's something yeah. about a red suit. I don't like the color red, but usually if someone's wearing like a sharp, not like a bright red, but kind of the, the crimsony red, the red we don't yeah, like. I'm it's like, great for a, this time of year. That is you know, coming up on Christmas. Tip. Yeah, wasn't uh, Hugan, I, I'd agree with that. Like a, a navy tuxedo type of jacket on, right? He, I know he had. A, I think he had like a purple tie and a light purple shirt. 
Was that okay? Gotcha. Now I'm pulling up Heisman candidates. Heisman. No, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of a classic. Whenever you're gonna dress it up, I don't like doing sneakers with suits. I don't like whenever you try to dress down a suit. Yeah. Like, I'm all for yeah, when it's time to dress up, really dress up. I think I can get that from my dad. But uh, yeah, that's that's sharp look. You just can't go wrong with it. So Max Duggan had on it appears to be a gray checkered ish pattern suit with yeah. a light purple shirt and then a darker purple tie Stetson Bennett's just simple black with white and like a black and white tie it's a CJ Stroud had a three-piece suit he's rocking the three-piece suit and it's uh a, a red not a bright red a, a darker red that has like the I don't, I, what is that pattern it's like not check but it's like the stripes in the it's a window window pane thank you the window pane and he has a chain over his black tie oh is that a number seven chain yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I, I would give best dress of the Heisman to CJ Stroud yeah we'll give it to Stroud this year yeah. That. But, hey, real quick on Caleb Williams, this guy's ability, and we, and we we were texting in the chats, you know, when on Heisman night and during the Pac-12 championship. But this dude can escape any short sack. It seems like he keeps any play alive, and his eyes are always downfield. It's ridiculous. There was a play in the fourth quarter of the Pac-12 title game where he had a bum hamstring. Right, this is after his hamstring got hurt. And there, there was a free rusher in the A gap and it didn't even matter. It was off his back foot. His throwing motion was even all the way. It was probably like three quarters of the way. And he hit his target on an anticipatory throw. And mm-hmm. he has more TDs this year against the Blitz than anybody else in America. And honestly, I said this before in our, in our chat, but I'm going to say it publicly. I think that he is going to be the reason why the NFL goes to lottery picks because I anticipate a bunch of teams yeah. are going to try to tank for him next year and the league office is going to have to do something about it. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be great for the game. I don't want to see – I know that NFL scouts are drooling over this guy and they're going to be begging for their teams to be tanking, but that's just not – I don't want to see that anymore. Like a lottery probably needs to happen. It's probably a little bit overdue, but um, – You know, the NFL wants parity. The NFL wants parity. Yeah. They try best to create a 50-50 opportunity every single Sunday. But whenever you actually look down and you look at like – the, the, the deep stats you'll see at this point in the season, what are we week 13? So every team has played 15. 13 games, right? for yeah. entering week 15. Yeah. So, so at this point in the season, you typically see, so the biggest, uh, what, what tells how good a team is even more so than the win loss record is point differential at this point in the season. And there are only about 12 teams that have a positive point differential in the NFL right now. Right. So you, there's really not that much cl- like parody in the league anyway, even though they try to create it so much. So I don't think that the lottery hurts anything. Um, it probably helps uh, uh, prevent bad football. The last thing I'm going to well, say. How about, the, uh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, how about the fact that, you know, both Lincoln Riley and his younger brother, Garrett Riley were both at that ceremony That's because so- obviously Lincoln there for Caleb Williams, but Garrett for Max Duggan, since he's the offensive coordinator at TCU, but you got to wonder, like, if you're any school, you know, struggling considering your next head coach looking at Garrett Riley for what that family has got going on as far as being able to elevate their quarterback play. That's pretty incredible, but it'll be interesting to see how all that un- develops. One last note on the Heisman. It was kind of refreshing that it wasn't this landslide vote that determined it you know it it was not it was not super close it was not at all I'm not trying to say that Caleb Williams barely won but I mean the vote count was he had 2031 votes and Duggan had 
like 14, he had 1,420 or 1,420 points. So that's not, I mean, it's 600 points different, but it's not like 2,000 to 500, like we've seen, you know, where it's been a crazy landslide. So it was kind of nice to have a little bit of a tighter race. And you just have to wonder if Duggan, if he had converted on that in overtime, if maybe it would have been different, but and I think you're starting to see it, it was cool to see some of that West Coast bias kind of go away in the press. Right. Typically, people don't want to stay up late at night to watch the West Coast teams play. But it was actually cool that somebody on the West Coast won, which hasn't happened in a while. I say it every single time and I'm going to say it again. Christian McCaffrey should have won the Heisman over Derrick Henry. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. By the Little way, at what, point, <laughs> at what point in the season did anybody think that Stenson Bennett was the best player in the country? Like what? He just kind of won against Oregon. Week well, one. Hendon Hooker. <laughs> I mean, Hendon Hooker made second team All American. I think, like, I don't think that Bennett's even like in the All American conversation. And you know, Hendon Hooker was uh, first team All SEC. So I think that it was kind of not courtesy, but I think that just shows that your team's resume really helps when it comes to the voting. Yeah, because if it was about the best player, then B. John Robinson probably would have got third place votes. He was top ten, and Corum from Michigan was also in there. You have to wonder if Michigan if he didn't get hurt. Would he be a finalist? But I mean, do you look at the entire body of work? Do you look at what they accomplished in X number of games that they played? Right. I, I don't know what the solution is there. Eve, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of have to disagree with you a little bit on your West Coast bias comment because USC has the most Heisman Trophy winners out of any school in the nation now. Yeah, but the, the last time the last time that happened was what seventeen years ago, and 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 it's well, so. Marcus biased. Mariota won in what fifteen? Was that the uh, last West Coast? Yeah. Good point. You got me there. You got me there. But, but I would say seven years. They're so biased that they took it away from Reggie Bush for no reason. You know, for no real reason. <laughs> no, he gave that up voluntarily. People give that, that man his Heisman back. He deserves the Heisman. Yes, give it back. Some sad news coming in college football this week. The college football community is mourning the loss of Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach. Leach passed away Monday after suffering a medical emergency at his home in Starkville. On Sunday, Leach is one of the icons of the sport, one of the best characters, always good for a soundbite, whether if you haven't seen his stuff on Candy Corn, look it up, you will cry laughing, his thoughts on weddings. Leach spent 21 years as a head coach with stints at Texas Tech, Washington State, and most recently, as I said, Mississippi State. His 19 of his 21 teams played in bowl games, and Mississippi State is slated to face Illinois in the ReliaQuest Bowl January 2nd in Tampa, Eve, you brought up his coaching tree earlier. Dave Aranda, Lincoln Riley, Neil Brown, Sonny Dykes, Dana Holgerson, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. What does Leach mean to the sport of college football? Yeah. um, So I've had the great fortune of getting to know football coaches at all levels, right? Middle school, high school, college, and pro. And I have a great amount of respect for the profession just in general. And a lot of these coaches are geniuses. And Mike Leach was truly a mad genius like how does a guy who never played college and i don't know if y'all knew is a lawyer by training right he went after his bachelor's degree got his law degree he became, yeah yeah and he, he, here's a guy who goes and becomes competitive at programs that were middle of the road 
right? He has a direct impact even on our alma mater, right, Justin and I, Oklahoma State, right? Whenever Dana Holgerson got there, he was his understudy, and he took what he learned, brought it to Stillwater in 2010, implementing the spread offense. And a year later, Todd Munkin came over and took over that same offense that was about 70-30 pass, and he made it about 60-40, and he introduced the conference to the pistol offense. So you see all the different interviews, you see all the different press conferences that were always entertaining. I never had the honor of meeting him but I got to know him anecdotally just through, through all these different things and you see just how his brain was just so inquisitive it's like he's not just going to sit there and wonder he's not just going to accept something for what it is right he's going to wonder like why is it that it exists and I think one of the best ways to kind of summarize um, his impact is going to his Twitter account if you go to his Twitter account and you see his pinned tweet it says air raid offense philosophy, and it's a quote from The Art of War, which says, if he, the enemy, is superior in strength, evade him. If his forces are united, separate them. Attack him where he is unprepared. Appear where you are not expected. Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And I'm just like, that is Mike Leach to a T. You're taking these war philosophies and you are implementing them into football. And I remember at the Dolphins, we had a guy, Luke Falk, who was his quarterback at Washington State. And I remember Luke telling me a story about just how all of his favorite memories at Washington State didn't have anything to do with football. And they always had something to do with Mike Leach because they were either just hilarious or there was always a life lesson to be learned from conversations with him. So uh, football, you know, definitely lost a, a, a guy who had a great impact on the game. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers out to his family for sure. But um, that's a guy that's going to be missed and may he rest in peace. You were talking about warfare and the, the quote, his pinned tweet. And I had the privilege of doing a story on Mike, Mike Leach in 2019 for college game day. And he was actually teaching a class at Washington state. It was a night class. I think it was just a bonus class. I don't think it was for credit. Uh, and he, it was a, not necessarily comparing insurgent warfare to football play calling, but kind of drawing the parallels between the two. And he taught it with a former uh, retired military vet who, you know, he taught the, the warfare part, Leach taught the offensive part. And just sitting in that class one day, listening to him teach, I had no idea what was going on, but you could just tell that that man was brilliant and understood yeah. the game. And I almost think he was too, not too smart for football, but like, he was so smart that his plays could become so complex because of what was going on in his mind and what he could create. I mean, going through Twitter earlier, I was reminded of the the story that I think game day also did on the fake play sheet that he created to draw an advantage against uh, Texas one year. And it's just like, this man was just brilliant and he had so much advice. And you know, my favorite thing is I was telling you guys earlier in our texting that we made him dress up as a professor for a specialty shoot that we did for that piece. Like we need more B-roll. And he, I bought this like awful tweed jacket, like blazer off of Amazon, fake glasses, a pipe. I have a Washington state bow tie in my room right now from that. And I had to sit on YouTube and learn how to tie a bow tie so that I could tie it on Mike Leach. And he just went with it. Did not question it. Did I oh, put this on? You want me to do this? Okay. Like he went yeah. all in, no questions asked. One of the nicest humans always lived for his press conferences. I know on game day, we did like 
special musings with Leach and it would just be a minute of him rambling about something, but we made a little segment of it. And mm. he's just, I mean, Justin, you, you, you said that you have a recruiting story as well. <laughs> I do. So this is whenever I got my very first taste of recruiting. I was probably a sophomore in high school at the time. And this would have been about 2006. And I was actually wrestling at Westmore. And we're getting ready to have a duel against Noble. And then one of my friends, Casey Liston, points out, he's like, dude, that's Mike Leach up in the stands. Like, would have never expected to see a Division One college football coach in the stands at, I think, Noble's like 4A high school. And so I'm just like, what the heck? What is he doing? Well, comes to find out, Noble had this like all-state heavyweight named Colby Whitlock. And he was just this physical specimen. And of course he was being recruited to play nose tackle for Texas tech. And he went on to go play with the red Raiders, but it was cool to see all that kind of play out. Like that was just my early memory of, you know, seeing him in the stands and of course being the kind of the confident young man that I am, I decided as, as the duel is wrapping up, we're shaking hands in line and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to go say hi to this guy. Just like, I love, I love me some Mike Leach, you know, I got the Wes Welker connection here, like, you know, Oklahoma city heritage hall. Maybe I can go play Texas tech. I'll, I'll be a receiver for him one day. So I go up to him and I shake his hand uh, after the duel. And uh, I was like, Hey, I hope you had, hope you had a good time here. And uh, he was like, you know, it was all right. Um, the selection of the vending machine options weren't very good, but I guess that's what you can expect in a high school uh, at this level. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And I just kind of like went on my way after that. I was like, what the heck just happened? And so that was kind of like my first taste of, you know, one recruiting two Mike Leach. And then, and of course you hear and see the stories uh, going on from there. And I'm just like, yeah, it makes sense. What's so cool is you you hear about how much of a genius he is, but he's also so personable and so relatable. I think that, you know, my favorite smart, I always say it's my favorite smart people are the people who don't always have to remind you how smart they are. But every now and then they'll say or do something that's brilliant. And you're like, oh, that's right. Like that, that guy's really smart. And how fitting is that for Mike Leach, who can take all these things that are jumbled just in his brain and come up with an offense that as complex as it is, completely simplifies it whenever we call the play. It's like, hey, here's one word, and he, you know exactly what it means, right? He was able to take this complex thing and just say, why are we doing it this way? Why is the pro offense run this way? Look at these blocking assignments. How about we just take it down about 10 levels and boom, let's execute it, and nobody could stop it. Two-time player, or you know, two-time coach of the year, 2008 and 2018, because nobody could figure it out, and he reinvented himself multiple different times with that offense. Bro, Eve, you hit the nail on the head as far as what my favorite thing about those offenses are. Because, like, whenever you hear the offenses for Air Raid, right, you've got you've got your screens that are essentially an extension of your run game. Yeah. Okay, you're putting the ball in a different skill set out in space. You've got your quick game. So you got some sticks, wide corners, slants, and that basically renders the defense's blitzes obsolete. All right, you've got the deeper concepts, which include four verts, mesh, shallow cross, Y cross, Y sail. And all these concepts are 
things that can be productive about both against man and zone defense. My favorite concept about that is that it, it's almost impossible to defend because the routes can look so different depending on what the defense shows. Yeah. And one of one of the things that I loved about it, and I, I didn't understand it at the time, but we we were playing Houston in 2009. And there was a route that was drawn up on the scout sheet where it looked kind of like a post, but it was very like jaggedy and it was kind of like, what's going on? He like sits for a second and then goes really high. So I was like, what? And until you saw it on film, you were just kind of like, what is this dude run? He looks like he's just like drunk, you know, scripting out on the card. And it's, it's basically, he's attacking grass. That's the concept. Just get open, find a spot in the defense where there's not a defender and then look for the ball. And that's so simple about it. And I love that. And the thing is, I got yelled at by Defoe for doing the concept that was, you know, what they were doing. And the thing was, he'd be like, run it, run what's on the card. Duo, do, we're doing it again. Run the dead route. You know, and it was kind of like, coach, I'm trying to tell you, he's trying to find open space. Like nobody runs a route like this. This is not an actual like seven step cut across kind of route. And at the time, I don't think that concept truly like he understood what was going on because he's like running routes on the card. And then of course, whenever we see it in the game, you're like, I told you open space. I I told you Defoe, like this is what he's doing. But uh, you know, that's, that's, it sounds like a lot whenever you, you know, are learning it, I guess, but compared to some of these 800 page playbooks that you hear about in the NFL, where you've got some, what was the Gruden where he's like scattered to West, right? Tight F left. 372 Y stick Z spot. Whereas, you know, like I'm not working at Starbucks. I don't want to hear your complicated order. All right. (laughs) So whenever you hear it in the air in the air raid, you're like ace stick Chicago. That's one play. Yeah. Early 90 sale. That's it. And then you've got like subtle hand signals that the quarterback's able to do. And he's relaying it off from the sideline. And it's like, this is, so simple and so beautiful that we don't have to huddle. We can keep the defense on their heels. They don't know what's going on because we've got so many different weapons that we can use in our, in our attack. And yeah, this, the, the brilliance of that system is what has made me love college football even more. Absolutely. Yeah. The game is better because of Mike Leach at the college level and at the professional level. Cause you see, Cliff Kingsbury, for example, going to the Arizona Cardinals and a lot more of these colleges are a lot more of these pro teams are implementing what you see in the college game. And it's all because it started in the mind of a guy, you know, in Mike Leach. Gotta love it. College football lost a great one this week. He will be missed by many. This is the Believe in OK State podcast, and we have not done much talking about Oklahoma State. So last week, we talked a little bit about our transfer portal departures. Let's check in, guys. Some exciting new signings coming to Stillwater next year. Dijon Stribling, a wide receiver from Washington State. He is our second player in three seasons to come from Washington State. 
Tay Martin, the first one. I think we all know how Tay worked out here pretty darn well. Sean Tyler, a running back from Western Michigan. He was second team all-max selection after a second straight 1,000 rush yard season. He had a total of 1,027 yards, seven touchdowns, and averaged 4.9 yards a carry. And I think who... Most people are pretty darn excited about Justin Wright, linebacker from Tulsa. He was Tulsa's leading tackler this year with 101, and 10 and a half of those were for a loss. Guys, who are you most excited about coming to Stillwater next year? You know, it, normally I would say a receiver, right? But you can't pass up on a guy named Justin. <laughs> so uh, I think I am most excited for Justin Wright. Um, Seems like he's just kind of the perfect fit for what we're looking for. And uh, added bonus, he's got the nickname Psycho. So <laughs> uh, it just makes sense for me to, like, you know, hop completely on board with this guy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Now, I, I learned something today um, that the uh, people that come through the transfer portal, they can commit but they don't actually sign a letter of intent like you do out of uh, high school or JUCO players. So and that that's just kind of wild to me, like this whole the Wild West concept of the transfer portal. And you've got guys that are committing and everything, and you know it's not really official until they're here in class at Oklahoma State. Um, but yeah, just kind of an interesting tidbit that I found out today that I thought I'd shared. It's like, as, as much as we think we've got these guys locked in, nothing's <laughs> nothing's set in stone until they're Buddy's enrolled. Well, who's the QB that didn't you just comment, Justin, on a, a QB um, Armstrong who was looking at yeah. both Wisconsin and Oklahoma State? I'm like, is this guy yeah. going to commit on December 28th when he sees who yeah. who wins that battle out in Phoenix? Yeah, hey, this is for all the marbles, right? This is for the <laughs> <laughs> so you want you me, you better win. Right. I mean, that guy was top prospect entering the season last season, right? From Virginia, right? If I, yes. If I remember. Yes. So, yeah, it, it very well may come down to that. But you talk about Justin Wright. I mean, I knew there was going to be a big void that would be felt whenever uh, Mason Cobb announced that he was entering the transfer portal. So definitely excited about him. It's too bad that you can't see both of them in this defense. I mean, that would have been. So that's the thing, Eve. I'm, I, I've said it before. It's not a guarantee. But just because you enter your name in the portal doesn't mean you have to leave. Mason Cobb to come right back. Hey, listen, I'm saying he could. I'm not saying he is. But here's the thing. Gundy, a couple of years ago, he just reached out to other schools to see what engage the interest. Maybe uh, you know, get a little bit more money in his contract at Oklahoma State. Maybe Mason Cobb is doing that, seeking NIL opportunities, and he decides that Oklahoma State's the place for him to be and he's getting a little bit more NIL money out of the deal and they could both be in it. I don't know what the future holds, but hey, we'll see how it plays out. It's all free agency, man. I tell you, the one the one that I'm the most excited about is Sean coming in from, was it Western Michigan? The running back uh, that is coming in. So I would love to see a powerful one-two punch between him and Ollie Gordon. I would even love to see him being able to just kind of, you know, kind of show Ollie the ropes a little bit. Here's a guy who had, was it back-to-back thousand-yard seasons? Or, For yeah, Sean Tyler. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Back to back thousand yard season. So obviously a guy who knows what he's doing, seeing some of his runs, this guy has vision and balance and you see all of those glimpses in Ollie Gordon too. So if we can get going, like, you know, like the Dallas Cowboys where they got Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott right now, I'm like, yo, get the NFL Cowboys down to the college Cowboys and let's do the exact same thing. And don't forget about Jaden Nixon. He's in that thing too, man. We got one, two, three. So three you can have the three of them plus a, a passing game with Stribling and Rice and Green, like then you got, then you got some stuff to work with. We just need a quarterback. That's it. That's all. That's all hey, we need. That's hey, all hey, we're missing. Don't sleep on the guys on the roster. What's up with my man Wrangle? No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying we need a. I'm saying we need who is QB one is the question. It's not that we don't have one. I think that that's the question mark. Is it going to be Wrangle? Is it going to be Armstrong? Is it going to be Hudson Card? Like that's that's the question mark. And, you know, one of the cool things we were talking about with like that air raid offense, it came to Stillwater, but Gunny still very much had his fingerprint on the offense. Like we're going to stay balanced. We're going to keep the run game involved. And I love it. That's just another way to keep the defense off balance uh, as far as what they're trying to predict what's going to happen. And whenever you have guys like multiple guys in the backfield that can potentially, uh, you know, catch it out of the backfield to run out of the backfield, bring back that diamond formation, man. Let me see all yeah. three of them running backs in there at the same time. Defense just losing their mind, trying to keep up with what's going on. We need some creativity back in this thing. And I can't wait for next season because and of that. Please use the tight end position. My goodness. I don't know why. <laughs> Cowboy back, Eve. Um, Cowboy back. You don't. You just don't see that much creativity with tight ends in the past game anymore, and it drives me crazy. But we need more production out of tight ends in the past game. They're all great blockers. I know that we know how to coach them up to be great blockers. My goodness, let's 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 pass it to them. One more note on the run game. There have been rumors. I have seen rumors on the web, the website, the internet, mm, uh, that beautiful rumors, interwebs, <laughs> the, the interwebs, that Marcus Arroyo, who uh, got two guys called Justice Hill and Chupa Hubbard to come here, he could be making his return to Stillwater after being let go by UNLV. So if you get Arroyo back, and then you have the Sean Tyler, Ollie Gordon, Jaden Nixon combo. Like, guys, watch out. Our run game is going to be next the year. Street Chef's kiss. <laughs> we need it. Oh, man. People say what you want about uh, Chuba and Justice Hill as far as their, um, I don't know, political beliefs or whatever. A lot of OSU fans, I feel like, have some kind of sour taste in their mouth because of things they've said on Twitter or in person about the program. Be all that as it may, you cannot argue that they are just top tier talents as far as running backs concerned. And the fact that a Royal can bring those kind of guys in, uh, there's just so much potential. And then the part of that rumor, I think, is that he could be the um, co-offensive coordinator, basically coordinating the run game. And like I just mentioned, as far as like that air raid attack, just being able to balance it out with the running game, uh, all that's going to do is just strengthen what's already strong, uh, improve it, take it to the next level. And we can get back to those days where we were, you know, top three in offense year after year. And, uh, oh. dude, let's go. Let's, yeah, uh, you, I can't wait. A, if we get another season where we have 2,300 rushing yards, like, yo, be wear whatever shirt you want, like, do what? No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, <laughs> like, all of that stuff doesn't matter. The game is the game, baby. Just ball out.
we just need a, a reliable o-line that just one one little one minor minor detail that we can you what, work out. a great runner will greatly help your o-line if you know how to slip and dip if you know actually how to set up the blocks for those guards and those tackles uh a, a runner can make a lion's job a lot easier before we go guys there's you know we're still a few weeks without Oklahoma State football, but that is okay because our winter sports are doing well. And I just need to give a shout out to men's and women's basketball, both above 500 right now. Women's is eight and two. New head coach JC Hoyt getting Let's it done. Go, JC. Oh, JC with the Jays, maybe. Yeah. Impressive stuff. Men six and four, still early in the season for both of them. But to be above Ooh. 500, like Let's it's still. And we had a, I think, I think our men's team just beat a top 20. Ooh, those are, those are. Hey, Coach Hoy, I need a ranking. You got to let me know how I'm doing with the shoe game right now. Cause yeah, I, I see you on a private jet. I, I'm not in the PJ, but come on. You got to let me know how we're doing over here. I think in her last post, she was wearing those exact J's, right? The Jordan little, one I, Electros. Yeah. Di- di- different colorway, but I mean, come on now. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep up. We might have lost Bedlam football, but we own OU in Bedlam wrestling. And don't try to tell me otherwise. Just won our 16th straight against OU. So suck on that. We were down. (laughs) Hey, you know what? It's not football, so it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't. But, you know, it just like it doesn't matter because you can't win. So get out of here, Sooners. I don't want to hear. How are we supposed to be? We own you. You sure we're little brother? We sure we're little brother with a with this type of record in wrestling and in um, sports. Overall? And the best about? part, so OU was ahead twelve four early, and then of course you got old reliable Dayton Fix, you know, amazing wrestler, and then Caden Gefeller come in and they get us back to tie it up at fifteen before going into the final bout. Luke Serber pinned Keegan Ooh. Moore. 34 seconds into the first period to give OSU the 21-15 victory over the Sooners. So, mm. Yo, let me say something about the wrestling program real quick. I remember during summer workouts, we would be out there running sprints. And I would think to myself, there's no way that this could get any worse. This sucks. What is Coach Glass doing to us? And I remember looking up into the stands and I saw the wrestlers running stadiums. But not only were they running stadiums, but they were carrying each other on their backs, running stadiums in 100 degree weather, knowing that afterwards they were going to have to actually spar against one another. And I was just like, oh, yeah, well, we're doing ain't nothing. So always, (laughs) always got major props for the wrestling program. Shout out to you. I'm telling you guys, like wrestling is the hardest sport. I mean, I didn't do it at the college level because I knew at Oklahoma State it's at that next level. But I guarantee like the reason I was able to make it through so many of the OSU football workouts was because I had it in the back of my mind. Like I made it through all this stuff and wrestling. I'll be fine. And so it just like helped me go forward a little bit, man. Like that kind of toughness is just on the just it's it's insane. Like, Hey, with that being said, Coach Glass workouts ain't no joke. <laughs> put that out there that's true cool metal jackets on fridays Woo boy i could not be a wrestler for many reasons but the number one reason is because i could not make weight every week like no i'm sorry i'm not i'm not going to be trying to drop three pounds in 20 minutes it's just it's just not happening i like my cake and i'm gonna eat my cake but go and if, if if you have not if you are an osu fan 
and you have not been to a Bedlam wrestling duel, do yourself a favor and get your tickets now for February 16th because I went to the first one last year and I had never been to a wrestling duel ever and it was so much fun. So you have two months to go and get a ticket for that Let's one. Go. It's going to be a good time going for 17 in a row. Suck okay. it, you. Suck it. Hmm. With it. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast <laughs> brought to you by Bet Online. On behalf of Justin and Eve, I am Meg. Thank you so much for listening. Like, share, subscribe, leave us a comment on YouTube. And as always, go Pokes. Go, go Pokes. Go.